G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 144 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Now, fitness. Uh, do we... Are we fit? You know, we always think about fitness being physical, uh, you know, below the shoulders, but are we, are we fit above the shoulders? Um, I reckon at the moment I've been fitter than what I am, to be honest, so I need to start exploring um, what I can do to strengthen my brain and get uh, both hemispheres working properly again and uh, more coherently. Now, today's guest is a gentleman by the name of Nick Sutherland. Nick Sutherland has got an organisation called MindFit where he helps people start to get uh, their brains working more functionally and back on track. Now, Nick has had a really interesting journey. Uh, ex-soldier, um, sort of had lots of issues with regards to his own mental health uh, coming out of the, the military. Sort of explored things uh, for quite a, a few years. Uh, found psychotherapy and was able to sort of adapt a lot of his knowledge and knowing uh, into that sort of uh, educational platform and model. Uh, really embraced it and started to um, come out the other side, a changed man personally, but also he's been able to do some wonderful things to help other people change their lives by being able to be more conscious and self-aware and giving them tools and programs so they can follow, uh, or that they can follow, which can help them uh, strengthen their brains and really if our brains are stronger, then we don't have disease, and disease is basically anxiety, depression, all those sorts of things, you know, that we're seeing more and more popping up in modern society. So a fit body and a healthy body will um, uh, be more prone to not getting disease, whereas a fit mind will be more prone to not getting um, disease as well, so physical, uh, sorry, mental disease, uh, anxiety, depression, and so forth, and the things that are, you know, sort of failing us in modern society, poor sleep, all those sorts of things. So if your brain's working properly, then the rest of your life will work properly as well, and you're more conscious and connected, and you know, start to become more aware of your uh, your emotions and so forth as well. And I just think what Nick does is such a tremendous thing. So we're going to talk all about his own journey today, what he does to get some tips and tricks uh, from him with regards to uh, helping uh, retrain the brain, but also uh, hoping uh, a few of you might be able to sort of look at Nick's work and maybe get him into the workplace and speak or possibly uh, have him support you as an individual to be able to uh, get things back on track for yourself because he's done some wonderful work with individuals all around the country and get, continues to get great results. So really honoured and privileged to get him on for a chat about this um, you know, particular topic because I think it's so important. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please share it with others. Uh, if you'd like to support or look at our, our uh, major partner, Green Nutritionals, as a uh, a product or a provider of products which can support your physical and mental health, I really encourage you to check out their website. They provide green organic superfoods which are available uh, at good health food stores all around Australia and, and also online. So if you're in a remote area, uh, you can get them uh, sent out to you. And their products are sourced from the best locations in the world. They're all pure and organic and packaged uh, with the best materials. So no synthetics really, really ethical organisation that um, can do wonders for our physical mental health, a lot of their products, that's for sure. So really encourage you to check out their website again, greennutritionals.com.au. Alrighty, appreciate your feedback with this chat uh, with Nick and I. Uh, email me at support at batmind.com.au. G'day, Nick. Hi, mate, how are you? <laughs> Very well. Now, Nick and I are sitting across from each other at my kitchen table here, so uh, a little bit different than uh, the way we usually do things, but... Uh, 
really grateful to have Nick up here where I live at the moment in Agnes Water. It was just a good opportunity to, to jump on and do a podcast while he was here. So um, thanks for coming along, Nick. And uh, yeah, appreciate you being here, mate. Thanks for being in existence. <laughs> appreciate uh, it. And, <laughs> Thank you. And for the connection. And it's funny how it all happens. But, yeah. um, you know, going from us just finding a place up here to then jumping on social media to seeing you to seeing we have a friend in common to now sitting in your kitchen <laughs> yeah that's right it's yeah. all happened pretty quick it's funny how it works but you know you, you look at our old self like 15 20 years ago there would have been these like things coming over oh you can't do that because of such and such might find out or whatever yeah. or you know if you get out of your own road yeah. it's amazing what happens yeah. doesn't it isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so it's great to it's great to be here catching up with you and, and learning more about you know, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I appreciate it. Mate, um, it's interesting and it's really awkward like because we're sitting so close and we're having like a formal conversation here. But we'll, we'll, we'll relax it as we go. But can you tell me, I, I don't know enough about your own background. I know no. obviously how life sort of, you know, sort of transformed for you. But give us a bit of an idea about you as a young fella and how you were brought up and you know whether that was a smooth ride or whether it was tricky uh it was tricky um <laughs> uh because my biological dad graham uh, he had undiagnosed manic depression which was mm. bipolar mm. so he was self-medicating with drugs and alcohol um violent outbursts that sort of thing mm, sure. um so he and mum separated when I was four um, and so that left some scars inside and out mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. You know, things like you just leave us at the pub or just fly off the handle for no reason mm-hmm. um, just because he wasn't lucid really. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and as a four year old you don't really understand what's going on you don't really have anything to compare it to or I think it's normal, yeah. so yeah you take it take it a, face value pretty much um, yeah, yeah that's right so a lot of the, a lot of that was in my formative years mm. uh really lucky to to um get a a great man come along as a stepfather mm-hmm. uh he was playing footy for st kilda yeah right um, any one of notoriety uh not of notoriety no. <laughs> he won the horse's ass award one year oh, right, at eh? the club, yeah, so, yeah yeah um uh because he grew up in Ballarat. Right, so right. That, that was, was a, St Kilda ground. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a feeding ground. ground. Yep. So Val Perabic and yeah. Plugger and all yeah, that. Yeah, all them. Danny Florally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, Bud. Yeah. Rest, yeah. Is, rest in peace, Bud. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Rick Sutherland was his name. So mm. he, he came along and he actually, um, he brought us up to Queensland. Um, right. We lived up here for a bit because yeah. Alex Jezelenko was coaching... St Kilda at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dad did his ankle on the MCG, um, so Jezza, which ended his career. Yeah. So Jezza said, come up to Queensland, and so he and Jezza really started getting AFL up mm. and running up here. True. Yeah. yeah unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then after a bit, we headed back to Ballarat, and yeah, that's where I grew up. But yeah, Rick was a. Well, I call him dad because he adopted me and my sister mm. in case something happened to mum. We couldn't legally go back to Graham. Yes. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a massive undertaking. He was only twenty-two when he did that. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah you right. don't realise at the time again. Yeah. But looking back, you're like, "Fuck, really? Yeah. Yeah. What a man. Uh, it was a bit emotionally retarded. 
yeah, uh, yeah. In, in a very loving sense because <laughs> he, you know, he, he's got this little five-year-old that he's just taken on board uh, and who later on when he was 10, 15, was talking about his feelings and emotions. That was me. Yeah. And yeah. Dad was a very silent type, tradie, footy player. Your dad? Yeah, yeah. Rick. Yep. So he, so, yeah, so right, yeah, 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 sure. And he, he, didn't, he didn't know how to handle it. So his, his most common thing, sentence to me was, stop being so sensitive. Yeah, right. Eh? You know? So there was a lot of nurturing. You know, nurturing. He was a funny bloke. He, he, he gave us so much. He gave us everything he could. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, on the emotional department, was pretty lacking. Mm. Mum more than made up for that because she's quite emotional in yeah. not a judgmental sense, but she's very in tune with angels and yes. she's palliative care nurse and everything. Yeah, so right mum right. was very soft and sensitive. Yes. And Rick, um, stepdad, was was quite the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Unreal. So that was the, the second layer. So we had sort of Graham was the first chapter and that part of my childhood and then Rick came in and that was the second chapter mm. um, and yeah so high, we moved around a heap so I used to steal heaps of shit and I went through that stage yeah I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't figure it out I was, yeah. I was, unfortunately I was really good at it so I never got caught <laughs> yeah. um, but looking back now I really understand that I was doing it to buy friends yeah I just gave it away I was giving yeah. people yeah true stuff and, yes and, yeah and I was a class clown yeah you know so yeah. I was making a dick of myself yeah. uh and knowing what I know now looking back I was like oh that's why I did that so <laughs> I was yeah. I was actually in a bit of judgment of myself that younger self for a long mm. time until I came into that awareness and now I'm very compassionate towards yeah. those versions of myself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, but isn't it unreal like we can we can stay attached to that and you know always go back and be angry with it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's a real transformation when you can identify it and switch. Oh it's yeah. A, it's, it's yeah, it turns it right around. But yeah. I love the expression understanding is the cornerstone to love. Mm. And learning to understand ourselves and our natures and, and where we've come from and why we did what we did mm-hmm. um, was a massive part of my progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Oh, mate, yeah. And it's also what helped me heal from you know, my, my biological dad, all those wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, I, I, after high school, I was just doing nothing really and my, my best mate suggested we join the army he was already in the reserves yeah. uh, and he said let's join the army so I said yes to that and then he unfortunately passed away um, but I'd committed to it and I told you the story the other day mm-hmm. so sticking to that decision was a sliding door moment mm-hmm. so I went to the army um, and then that's where yeah, blew my knee out a couple of days before East Timor mm-hmm. um, then when you mates deploy and I used to run really fast for the mm. army mm. Uh, in the mm. defence force games and for fun yeah. so I can't run anymore my mates are all away my family's in Melbourne yeah, um, I can't do my job yeah. then yes I didn't realise that the physical trauma of the knee injury had a mental trauma mm. well, which is very mm. unseen absolutely yeah um, so yeah there's, when you can't do your job in the military back then um, there's a lot of bastardisation and bullying yeah so yeah, you know, just, just, and it, was, it was an all male regiment mm. uh, and we're a reconnaissance so we're, we're on the front line um, and just uh, the mentality back then you know I was just well, 
when my knee was a bit better, I was walking through the compound where our vehicles are, and about eight dudes just jumped me and stripped me naked, um, zip-tied me to a wire cage. Army guys? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, on the base while we're at work. Jesus. Um, yeah, the fire right. hose out, so the fire hose me, whip antennas. Um, and once again, you know, you're fighting them off, and then uh, there's eight of them, so... You know, you can't do much about it. But they targeted you on purpose? Well, just because I was bored. Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, well, I didn't want to see You don't know this in the moment. Yeah. So all the work I've done, you know, finding value in all of these experiences and, and healing all the wounds and everything, mm. um, it comes from that understanding. You know, I had to understand what it was like for Graham, a biological dad, what it would have... I had to put myself in his shoes. Mm and go right well he's not in control of his brain chemistry and he's medicating yeah and so he has these moments of lucidity where he looks around and his kids have got bruises or bleeding or his knuckles are bruised or mm. his, missus, his wife yells you left the kids at the pub what mm. Mm. so what would it have been like for him to come to that present moment mm. and see things clearly mm. and then to realise the damage he's caused, of, uh, not of his own yeah. uh, conscious decisions. Yes, yeah, that's right. Then the medicating begins, then the roller coaster mm, starts again. Yeah, so agree. Yeah, yeah. I really had to step out of me and, and, and use a lot of compassion and understanding for him. Mm. And in doing so, thankfully, I learned to love him unconditionally. He's, he's passed away. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to love him. And now I'm able to love my childhood. I wouldn't mm. change any of it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but oh, mate, it's like I, I, I don't. I'm, I'll just give a quick, quick angle here with mine. But like, I was, I was not so much angry. Oh, well, I was angry really when I think about it. But like, I, I look back on those little, little blockages that were there mm. and what got in the road and how I just default back to that. Yeah. But I was never able to move through it. You know. Um, yeah. Like, like, well, I, I was eventually, like, yeah. like you're saying, but it took time and, and that was stuck for, for for quite a while. You know, as it is, I guess, in a lot of people too. Totally. And yeah. you, you can't see the forest for the trees a lot of the time. So. Mm. I got to a stage where I was, I left a trail of destruction, you know, after eight years after the army, I, I hit rock bottom because I started self-medicating for the depression and anxiety and PTSD and whatnot, mm. um, because I didn't know I had mental health, I didn't know it was my responsibility to look after it or mm. that I should go and see someone, you know, to, to mm. get some help looking after it. So Jack Daniels was my therapist for many years. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and a trail of destructive relationships and mm. and whatnot and finally yeah got home and just said to mum i don't know which part of me is me which part of me is you which part of me is rick which part of me is graham mm. there's just confusion Confused. on so many levels yeah yeah and, and this is uh, the beauty of my mum she just she put on a lincoln park song like i don't know why but um she's got an eclectic taste and she was just listening to these words, and I can't remember the name of the song, but it was essentially saying it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was just, you know, the state of vulnerability I was in, and I was with mum, and I just started breaking down. Mm-hmm. And she just held me with a smile on her face, and I'm 
bawling my eyes out going, why are you smiling? She's like, oh, I was just waiting for this day. Mm. Like she knew this day was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I literally, it was like every single scar was toxic, was puffy and poisonous mm. and seeping and weeping, you know, like a festering scar on the body. Mm. And when I cried, it was that deep and that cathartic. It was like it, every scar just opened up and I just flushed it all out. Mm. That's the only way I can really describe it. Um, and I was rooted for a couple of days after. Like, just, I was just so, I had to recover. Mm. You know? um, and then when I came to, or sort of started feeling better, that's where I was, I was, started, I was just seeing everything differently. Mm. And then I, I was like, right, I've got to go and get my head sorted. So that's where. You started to take some action. Yeah. So what'd you do? Uh, I, f- I found, um, uh, a psychologist who wasn't a typical psych. Um, she was just real cruisy and relaxed, uh, and she was trained in cognitive behavioural therapy mm. (CBT), mm-hmm. which yeah. has its roots in Buddhist and mm. Stoic philosophies. Mm. Um, and that was just a perfect fit for me. Mm. And and she was amazing as a therapist because she saw in me what I could do. And what I, all I needed was a space to break myself down and rebuild myself. Mm-hmm. And she said that at the end. She goes, oh, I said, oh, thank you. And you know, so much. And she goes, I didn't really have to do much work. Mm-hmm. She goes, you, you are a healer. And you've mm-hmm. just spent a year healing yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. I just gave you a couple of tools. Yes, yeah, tremendous. Um, and so then I yeah, went and studied and... The rest is history. So what did you do? You, you didn't go down the clinical model of psychology? No. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That, that wasn't, yeah, sort of on my radar, really. Mm. Um, I started off doing clinical hypnotherapy and counselling. Yeah. And I'd never, I was so weird. I, I was in a job I hated. Um, you know, it was enough for profit, lots of red tape and politics. Mm. And yeah, yeah. All that shit. And, um, and I was just, uh, my job was to help people with disabilities find work, mm. which was ironic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mental and physical disabilities. Mm. And um, I blagged my way into this job. I had no qualifications for it, mm. no right being there. But it was, it was Valentine's Day and there was three women interviewing me and I took in a box of chocolates. Just, yeah, right. Just, I don't know why. Yeah. And, oh, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah. And they were like, oh, and so I got the job. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I was reading the paper, the, the job session, and there was this article, uh, interview with a woman who was teaching people how to do hypnotherapy to help people stop smoking. And I don't know why, but I just, this voice in my head was like, give her a call. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I gave her a call and, um, She's like, oh, I wanted to charge me thousands to do this. I said, are you accredited? Do I get anything out of it? She goes, oh, no, but you can make heaps of money. I was like, yeah, it's not for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But the hypnotherapy thing got me curious. Mm-hmm. So I looked around and found a, an accredited um, hypnotherapy course. I did Cert four and then a diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, there was all these different modalities because... It's funny, there's no such thing as hypnotherapy. There's hypnosis, mm. which is altering a state of consciousness. Mm. And then there's the therapy that you perform on someone while they're in that altered state. Mm. Mm. And hypnotherapy is effective because it bypasses the critical thinking. Mm. Every, you know, 
the reticular activating system shuts down and, and you can just tap straight into their subconscious mind really. Mm. Um, so it's quite effective in that way. And so I was, I was learning all these different modalities like choice theory, reality therapy, CBT, all these, all these things and Viktor Frankl and Yafko and, and all these amazing minds and I was just like, fuck, this is, this is available. This is, <laughs> If you had have told me five years before I became a therapist and be a therapist, yeah, I would have laughed. Of course, yeah. It wasn't on my radar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I listened to all these signposts and, and, and started after I did the healing and sort of freed me up to come back to my path. Mm. Does that make sense? Of course, yeah. And yeah. So I found my way back to my path and then started doing what was required to keep going. Right? Mm. Um, and yeah, and so. The, the, I'd gone from extreme agoraphobia and not being able to leave my house, mm. not being able to open my front door, to working at a world famous luxury health resort in Thailand Unreal. within you know, seven or eight years. Um, so, and then now we're sitting in Agnes Water. <laughs> but, oh, mate, like, like, Let's just say you, you, your story is not common, but it's becoming more common because more people are starting to realise that they can, you know, create a diversion like what you've done outside the traditional route, you yeah. know, by, by doing something which is more holistic rather than, um, um, you know, the, 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 the old way, oh, yeah. I, I would have thought, you know. Oh, I, I didn't really... Oh, I, I, because of who I am and how I am, I didn't see much point in going and sitting in the classroom for five years. Mm. I felt I'm, I'm a tactile learner. I learn more yeah, on so the job and through experience. And so, yeah. you know, as, as soon as um, as soon as I completed my cert four and started my business back then, it was called State of Mind Health. Mm-hmm. Um, never run a business before. No idea what I was doing. Just mm. opened the door and some people started walking through. <laughs> And I, I, I look back fondly on those clients because I was a terrible therapist, but yeah. I, I had persistence and I had yes. belief, self-belief. Yeah, yeah. I just knew that this is what I'm, I'm here mm, for. Yes, yeah. So I just kept yeah. going. How long ago was that? Uh, 2009. So a fair while, so you've been at it for, geez, 12, 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's been, you know, I've sort of broken the business down and rebuilt it and spent a, you know, a good year just building the framework for, for what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but all the while, just, just kept it developing myself, kept learning, uh, kept studying every year, mm. um, you know, and then introduced the meditation side of it and everything else. Mm, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, just kept pulling bits and pieces from everywhere. And, yeah. and everything I study, I study for me first and foremost. Yes, yes. And so, then yeah. I pull it apart and chuck out what I don't like or what I don't think mm. works and then mm. keep what does and then I'll add it to mm. the bits. Stuff so. you, yeah, yeah. But I live it yeah. and breathe it first before yeah. I go try yeah. to use it with clients. It makes so much you know, sense, you know. Like, like how many how many people um, would be would be really living living their truth when they're delivering something you know a lot of a lot of people are learning something from a book and they're delivering it from a book but they're not delivering it from their heart yeah if you've got the experience to um, to really embrace something and know how powerful it is and how it works and all of a sudden that can transform 
Uh, that's yeah. I remember that's how I started you know, with hypnotherapy. The, the, I read the script and it's uh, mm. funny hypnotherapy because it's it's so gimmicky. I don't do hypnotherapy anymore, mm. inverted commas, but um, I still work in the same space. Mm. Mm. Uh, I just don't do all the gimmicky stuff to prove to someone that they are hypnotized. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I let go of that many, many years ago. Mm, mm. Um, now it's just, cause, but it was so important to learn about hypnotherapy because I learned about the different levels of consciousness and yeah. um, the different parts of this. You know, parts therapy is another one. And, yeah. um, I learned all about that internal world and how that operates and how that works and how that creates the external world. Mm, mm. So for me, once again, although I don't use hypnotherapy per se anymore, uh, there's still a lot of, uh, just close your eyes and imagine this, the person instantly goes into that altered state of consciousness. Mm, mm, so mm, mm. Um, yeah, I do a lot of healing on that level, if mm. there needs to be healing. Um, but then I say, now I'm really trying to empower people to not need to be healed yes. by being able to manage themselves when life happens. Yeah, oh, I have a good, great autonomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's it's. Uh, someone said, "What what what were we doing at Mindfit is reducing the need for therapy." <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. That's like, oh, an interesting yeah. way of putting yeah. it. Create create a, a pathway and a platform so people can just live live consciously so they're actually aware of themselves enough so they can self-regulate mm. yeah. yeah rather than outsource it that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's, she was a she was a bumpy road but um <laughs> yeah i love the expression adulthood is just undoing everything that happens in childhood yeah well that's true yeah yeah, yeah it's a good i've never heard that before but yeah it makes so much sense yeah and, yeah, and none of us get through unscathed mm. you know, so it's uh, uh, Ryan and I on my podcast, uh, our podcast, we, t- we talk about, you know, boys, and I love your thoughts on this, about boys don't have that entry into manhood anymore. Mm. We don't have that, got to go out and stay in yeah, the bush. Yeah, no initiation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think with that gone, it's just uh, all of a sudden we just find ourselves with adult responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, where what we're learning with all the clients we work with is is that so many adults are operating for a very immature operating mm, system or yeah. a very immature belief system. Yes. So they're trying to hold down adult jobs and adult responsibilities and be adult role models in adult relationships. Mm. But they're doing up a very irrational mm. operating system. Yeah, big time. And yeah. having all these adult tantrums mm. um, and, and then wondering why it's, why their marriages are failing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, I agree. So oh, absolutely. I think that we need to conscript people into the, into not into the army, but into um, an, uh, an initiation into adulthood where we stop and right how many of your beliefs are yours yes how many were how many created in a time of trauma Mm. how many imprinted upon you by someone else in trauma Mm, that's right yeah and and if we really stopped and evaluated and assessed our operating system as 18 year olds Mm. like that's not mine that's not mine Uh, absolutely right yeah Yeah. how many many people become a husband because the way you know follow the way dad did it and and that's redundant now pretty much but it's interesting, I had a chat with a fellow earlier who helps people through divorce. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, my comment to him was, why aren't we actually, what you're doing is reactive. Yeah. Why aren't we doing it at the other end? So before a person gets in, in, in a relationship or becomes married, yeah. why aren't we helping them through, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations of that and, and what to expect and how to deal with situations and all those sorts of things? Because really, it's not just marriage. I've always said we're just educated through the systems that we've gone through to support the economy. We don't have any real consciousness or, or awareness around ourselves or our, or our holistic being primarily. Uh, and then we sort of hit these roadblocks mm. consistently and then that can manifest into failed relationships and failed relationships with yourself too. You mm. know? Yeah. Well, the, um, the, the church, they, they have pre-marriage mm. counselling which mm. I think is a great idea mm. don't necessarily agree with the church per se but uh, yeah. I like that someone's thought of doing pre-marriage counselling mm. a lot of what I do um, so we've got basically over the years uh, people were coming in and saying Nick um, uh, I need some help I'm like what's the problem uh, my, my partner's doing this or my boss is like this or I don't have this or I lost this or blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I talking about all these external things mm. and, you know, over a decade of hearing this, you sort of start seeing themes and patterns and I noticed everything kept boiling down. Like all of these things I was talking about were, were symptoms. They were problematic, mm. but they weren't the core problem. They weren't the root cause. Mm. So everything kept funneling down to these five specific things. So I, I just was like, oh, duh, there's the five fundamentals. Mm, that's, mm. that's the sort of the basis of the framework for MindFit. Mm. And the third one of those is relationships. Mm. And we, I say to clients, the, the health of a relationship is determined by the health of the two individuals co-creating it. Yes, yeah. And, and you know, health is determined as um, mental, physical and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or illness or, um, mm. you know, so it doesn't just mean not being sick, it means being really well. Yes, yeah. And so within that, you've got two individuals, how the health of them is, but also their emotional intelligence. Mm. And in that, it's how able, how well are they able to communicate? Mm. We, we spoke about this a lot yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the men's circle, and it was, uh, how well can can you listen with the intent to understand your other partner? Remember, understanding is a cornerstone to love. So, how mm. are, you, are you listening to understand them, or are you just waiting to insert your yes, narrative? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, or how equipped are you to express how you're feeling? You know, is your vocabulary extensive enough to to say how you're feeling? Mm. Um, and so, when we start really shining a lot on these simple yet not attended to things people are like ah oh, fuck yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah they're exposed to it <laughs> so, yeah. something that we do with clients um, if they if they we have three punishments so if you turn up late to a session it's ten push ups mm. if you don't bring your diary to write in it's ten push ups but if I ask you at the start of a session, how are you? And you say, yeah, good, yeah, not bad, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Anything that's not actually an emotion, mm. you get 10 push-ups. Mm. So we've got this wheel of emotions on the wall at work and clients learn very early in their programs to come in five minutes early just to sit, 
to to ground just themselves, settled, yeah. just to come in settled, not mm. rush, rush, oh, sorry, I'm late to do that. And they'll sit there and they'll just observe the wheel of emotions and they'll just read them all and see which ones resonate. And so, mm. and, oh, hi, how mm. are you? I'm feeling awkward and frustrated. <laughs> that would be an explanation. I'm yeah. like, you fucking beauty. Like, yeah. that just opens yeah, up the whole so session. Yeah, so now you know what you're working with. Yeah, yeah. if they come and say, good. Mm, that's a blocked answer. You know, crickets yeah. chirping in the background, tumbleweed rolls through. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. I, I just thought about it then. I'm probably... If they just come in and say, good, I have to work really hard. Mm. I have to spend... 10, 15 minutes trying to pull out of them what they're actually feeling. Mm. So I'm probably trying to work, I just figured out, I'm probably trying to work more efficiently by getting them to figure out how they're feeling yes. prior to the session. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that's a good good way to look at it. Which sure. is good for them because then we actually have the whole hour of the yeah. session to do relative work. Yeah, rather than work through all the shit and yeah. you know, then get out the other side towards the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah 45 minutes in, we're like, oh, all right, so you're feeling frustrated. <laughs> And abandoned. Yeah. Right now, we've got fifteen minutes to do the work. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's good. So. No, good, good way of looking at it for yeah. sure. Yeah, let's see. Let's have a look at the clinical model. Like, say, if someone gets twelve free sessions um, through the system, mm. um, I reckon a lot of those twelve sessions would be like getting to the forty-five minute mark, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, a lot of. I mean, I've been in the system, and, and I'd say eighty percent of my clients have been in the system, mm. um, and end up coming to us because the system that they go into doesn't alleviate what's mm. going on, and that's why I changed my business model because I realised I was people come in, Nick, I'm feeling upset or whatever. I'd help them, but then they'd go away and then life would happen again mm. and they'd come back in. Nick, I'm feeling sad again. Mm. Oh, what's up? Oh, another girl broke up with me. Oh, poor you. Right, let's... <laughs> and and uh, I realised I was sort of, in a way, enabling them to stay in their cycles and mm. their patterns. Mm. And so when that dawned on me, I was like, shit. And I realised I was working for those clients instead of with them. Mm. Uh, I changed everything, and so I changed the business model, rebranded, uh, created this framework for it. Don't do just one-on-one sessions anymore. I've got programs, mm. um, and it's so different to to equip someone mm. and to have them stand on their own two feet, and that's just not what was happening mm. in the, the the typical mental health system. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very symptom oriented, and and I'm not having a crack at any psychologists or anyone in that system because they didn't design it, um, mm. they didn't design the, the training to become a practitioner in that mm. system. Mm. But I'm mm. so fucking glad I'm not working with yeah, that system. Yeah, that model. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing is that there's. I was presenting at a world conference for my industry association and I finished my presentation and went and checked out another dude presenting and I sat there and, and I listened to him and he's a, he's a professor and he was talking about all the researchers found that there's three keys to creating a really positive outcome for a client or a patient or whatever in therapy. Mm. And the first one of those is rapport. Mm. Now that's just not 
in existence in the clinical model. Mm. There's no rapport. It's I'm behind my clipboard. Yeah. You're over there, and I don't yeah. share anything of my life. And yeah. I just sort of you're over there with the mask on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so rapport was the first one, and I was in my head. I guess I was ticking them off as we went through. I'm like, yep, I've got rapport. Yep, that's good. And then the next one was hope, and you know, providing light at the end of the tunnel for someone. And that's not in a lot of the, the, the clinical models either because it's just turn up next week and tell me how you feel. Mm. And let's figure out why you're feeling that way, who's making you feel that way, mm. which you know, is terrible in my, my opinion. Mm. So uh, in my very first session, it's a discovery session, I unpack on a big whiteboard where someone is, where we can get them to, and what needs to happen between mm. here and there. Mm, yeah. And then yeah. there's a start date and an end date to the program. pathway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, also, and massive feedback from clients is they love seeing it unpacked before them so they can actually sit back and see. What's mm. uh, possible. Right, yeah. yeah. Where so where they can go, yeah. In that discovery session, we've built rapport, we've given them hope, we've shown them light at the end of the tunnel. And then the third key is change. Mm. And so that happens obviously throughout the course of the program. Mm. Mm. Uh, but when I was listening to this, this professor talk about it, I was like, tick, tick, tick. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm fucking busy. That's, mm. That's, mm. that's why we're doing well and so many people are really enjoying coming to MindFit. It's because those three things are in place. Yeah, yeah, that's good. They've got that structure. Yeah. Usually yeah. if you go on your blind saving next week, you haven't really got a mental health plan primarily um they're sort of getting tossed about in that environment but i just think to empower someone so much so much better to you know to work on this together and uh, well you know empowering people is gonna take a lot of the demand off the healthcare system Mm. so Mm. uh yeah it's i mean everyone's doing the best they can yeah yeah and and Poor GPs, like someone goes in really flat and depressed or suicidal or whatever, mm. the doctor's got seven minutes on average mm. to help them. Yeah. So of course you're just going to throw medication at them. Yeah. Of course you're going to throw a band-aid at a mm. symptom and mm. off you go. Yes. Uh, and you yeah. go and see a psychologist. And of course the psychologist is overwhelmed mm. you know, and booked out for months in advance. So yeah. they're just seeing way too many clients a day and mm. they're cooked themselves. Yes. Oh, psychiatrists, it's six months, three to six months to get into someone to get a diagnosis. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, yeah, look, it's, that's, that's really an, another conversation for another day with regards to that. But yeah, I, I, just, I just think that we're at a really good moment in time now to be able to help people with options, you know, to say, well, perhaps there's other ways of going about it and, and um, empowering people to start to make choices on, on a pathway that can actually really transform them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the, for me, I'll, I'll share a quick little story, but people have to take the reins of mm. their own lives, mm. their own happiness, their own journeys. Mm. And so many people get caught up in the white lab coat syndrome. Mm. And if a doctor says it, then I must do it. Yeah. And I went to see a GP um, and I had a, oh, I think I was holding my breath when I was sleeping. So I, went, I did an at-home sleep study and the results get sent straight to the GP. So I turned up to his GP appointment and he says, all right, looks through it. And, and at the, 
so they've written their comments and the first one's a generic comment. So I saw it was typed, the rest were handwritten. And it's like, reduce alcohol um, and stress or something. <laughs> and it's, because uh, that's of course going to improve your sleep. Yeah. And so he's going, what's your alcohol consumption like? And I was like, so this was on a Monday. I said, well, yesterday I had, um, I had some brandy at about nine o'clock. I had a couple of beers. Um, I think I had a CC and dry, then I had a bottle of red, then I had a few more beers, <laughs> and then I had a couple of scotches, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, oh, no, we don't recommend that. No, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. and, and, he, and, and he he ran with that, right? mm. and he said, oh, well, that's, uh, and why are you drinking? And I said, oh, I was just pretty sad yesterday, mm. and, you know. Mm. And I was like, all oh, right, well, and then he, he prescribed me some antidepressants mm, mm, and, mm. and I said can you tell me some more about the, the side effects of these I, I don't have any information on that I'm like really that's interesting and then I said um, and, and the whole time I'm, I'm talking I, I knew exactly what I was doing mm. and I was just I was just observing I was going I didn't I was hoping it wouldn't go down the path that it went mm. but unfortunately it did mm. uh, and I said to him, and I said Thank you so much for your time. I'm not going to take your antidepressants. And just to let you know, I know you're short on time, but if you had taken a couple of minutes to ask me, yesterday was Anzac Day. I'm an ex-serviceman. Mm. It's a really quite an emotional day for me. Yes. Plus I barracked for Essendon, Essendon <laughs> Collingwood. Yeah. I had a wonderful day yesterday. <clears throat> it, was a, it, was a, it was an emotional day. It was an up yes. and down. Yes. had way too much to drink, but yeah. you know, that's yeah. when I saw it in my head after yeah. the year. Yeah. Um, but you've just taken me and pigeonholed me yes. and tried medicating me. Yeah. And I said, I don't agree with it. He goes, well, I can't help you, so don't come back. <laughs> I said, it's all right, I'm, all right. I'm firing you. You can't mm. fire me. Mm-hmm. And... I've told clients about that and everyone's in disbelief. They're like, you can actually say that to a GP. Mm. You can say no to mm. a GP. Yes, yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah. if someone came up to you in the street, it's like, take ecstasy, take this, take mm. that. Mm. Would you say no? And they're like, yeah. Mm. Right, just because they've got a degree hanging on a wall and a white mm. coat, yeah. they're still pushing this onto you and you can still say no. Mm, I agree. I, 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 I had to myself, you know, years ago, sort of thing. Uh, I had the choice. Yeah. Do this or do this, you know. I took the hard option rather than the easy option. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I look back at my upbringing, where I'm from, and a lot of people just do what they're told with regards to that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. So it's certainly empowering to question, you know. But that's one of those old beliefs that we don't challenge as, as adults, you know. We go to the doctor with our kids, mm. where we put specialists and GPs and professionals up on a pedestal mm. all the time and yeah. oh, if they say that must be true yes that's right yeah no we get to think yes yeah agree yeah, yeah wizards you know the wizards and the old the old thinking of uh, the um, the the magician which could just fix things through you know um, through an easy option and mm. I don't think that really is right the right, the right way and particularly in modern society that we're in now like you know life's changed a lot you know so be able to sort of weave with that I think is really important. We don't help ourselves either because it's human nature to want a quick fix. Mm. Uh, give me the easy path. Mm. Give me the, the instant gratification. Make it go away right now. Mm. And so people, you know, the doctors will offer these shortcuts mm. and people will take them. Yeah, and so the responsibility lies at both ends. Yes. Equally. 
what we're doing at MindFit is teaching people to take the hard path. Mm. Um, I love how you use that expression. Mm. Uh, and really educating that it's going to be a slow and steady mm. thing. And there's and no value around. If someone waves a magic wand and you're mm. all of a sudden happy and you don't know how you become happy or mm. what happiness is, mm. there's no value in that experience for you. Mm. That's right. Yeah, and exactly. you're in no position to create a state of happiness for yourself down the track mm. you become codependent on whatever made you happy yes and really you, you know um the whole the whole experience is in the journey of that growth to be yeah. able to go into the discomfort and then sort of work through that and the, 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 the pain the, yeah the struggle yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know we were just having a joke earlier i went for a 90 minute thai massage and <laughs> fuck me if that wasn't painful <laughs> but i know yeah, i'm yeah. going to benefit from yes it. that's right yeah absolutely so the, the motto of mindfit is that discomfort precedes success yes yeah because i need to educate clients about that at the start of mm. you know, the, 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 the discovery session it's mm. I'm not going to do this work for you. Yes. Uh, a funny way, a lot of people don't understand mental health, so we use physical health to relate it to. Mm. So physically, if you're out of shape um, and not functioning optimally uh, and you've got to you keep getting colds or flus or whatever or mm. coughs. Um, it's a sign. Yeah. Mm. And if you're overweight, you go, all right, I need to make some changes. You go to the gym, you, you get a PT. Mm. If you go to the PT and say, oh, I'm too tired to do the work today. Can you do it for me? <laughs> yeah. There's going to be no benefit in that for you. Yes. If, yeah. if you go and just sort of lift a couple of weights or do put very little in, you'll get very little out. Mm. If you go and smash yourself for that hour and go home and watch Netflix and eat cake and mm. drink coke for the rest of the week. Waste of your time. There'll be no benefit. Yeah. So it's turning up every day mm. and doing the work. Mm. That's and right. So yeah. with MindFit and mental health, the clients have said, I'm like a PT for the brain. Yes. So they come to their PT session, I teach them what to do mm-hmm. and go home and do it. Mm. And mm. if you don't do it, that's okay. I'm not going to lose any sleep. Mm. You're not going to maximize your return on your investment yes agree that's right yeah and that's so, yeah it's, it's very common for people to take take uh, uh an entree into something but not do the work yeah. you know if you want results you've got to you've got to keep showing up that's why i got the discovery session it's to get rid of the tire kickers mm. you know, and it's to, mm. to to make sure the people that are coming in know what's in store mm, mm. they're coming in eyes wide open yes knowing that Nikki's very gentle very loving very compassionate very kind and considerate and empathetic mm. but Nikki will also kick you up the bum yeah when you need it that's when right you need yeah, it because absolutely. he cares about you enough to do that yeah. he's not going to do it for you yes he's going to remind you that you're yes. all letting yourself down yeah yeah when you when you need it yeah with, with regards to what you're doing are you helping people with um solutions and tools so they can strengthen their brains yeah it's it's basically teaching them to be responsive rather than reactive mm-hmm. so getting out of the um sympathetic nervous system and into the parasympathetic mm. nervous system and, mm. and having an emotional response that's in proportion to what they're experiencing mm. so training the mind to release the right amount of the right chemical in the right situation mm. because of our feelings mm. um it's you can't you're in no position to make a really 
conscious, deliberate, healthy choice if you're getting triggered constantly. Mm. So yeah, we're just giving people these tools to increase their EQ, their emotional intelligence. Yes, yeah. Right, let's start with self-awareness. What, what's going on within you? How are you operating? Mm. Oh, fuck, that's, that's out of whack. Mm. <laughs> that's mm. not functioning. Mm. So many clients are running off two cylinders yes. instead of six. Yes, yeah. You'd expect themselves to perform really well. Yes, yeah. 100%. So yeah. that self-awareness is, is, is the first step. Then self-management, right? So there's these tools to start self-managing and self-regulating. He's mm. learning how to let go, learning how to update the belief system, learning mm. how to stop and take a breath and pause before you think or mm. say or do anything. Mm. So once you're self-aware and self-managing, then you're in a position, you're okay. So you're in a position to look around and, hey, how's everyone else doing? Mm. So you've got this social awareness. Yes. Oh, Betty next door. I haven't seen her for a couple of days. That's a bit odd. Mm. Suddenly, because you're not so focused on yourself, yeah. you start being mindful of yes. things going on around you. Mm. And then go and knock on Betty's door. Betty, you're all right. Oh, I fell down three days ago. <laughs> all right, well, let me come in and help. You know? yeah. So yeah. Yeah. just by looking after yourself, you're in a position to look after other people. Of course, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. and we're still human, you know, we're, we're going to... We're going to fuck up. We're going to have our human experiences. The egos. I've got a client in the UK, beautiful, beautiful man. And he, uh, he, he said, we're interviewing on, on our podcast. And he goes, oh, it's like I'm walking along down the street and feeling great and really content and everything. Then out of nowhere, my bloody ego kidnapped me. <laughs> kidnapped by my ego. And he goes, I'll throw me in a van, tie me up for three days, then it'll dump me on my front doorstep and the missus will be like, oh, you're home, welcome back. Like, Where have I been for three days? And she goes, you've been angry, you've been drinking, you've been mm-hmm. doing all this. Mm-hmm. And literally, he's, he's, he hasn't been cognizant for three mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. He's been in his emotions. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's just, just a great way of it. So, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Most people aren't going to do enough work to transcend their egos in this lifetime. Mm, so, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that's we're true. still going to we're still going to you know have our irrational thinking and. But really, you you, you look at it like humans are, um, are, are, are an incredible species, but we have these identities which are getting in the road of um, you know our pure connection with each other and everything else around us. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing I've got to keep reminding myself, like coming back to what actually is going on out there and, and, and what that creation is and how can I be more in tune with that rather than distract, distracted from it when the ego really starts to take you away to things which you're, you're just out of, out, of, out of rhythm and out mm. of whack, yeah. There's two paradoxes that I love. One is everyone's trying to be perfect and live in this perfect utopian world with perfect relationships and perfect jobs and perfect lives. Mm. Mm. But that's the ego's idea of perfect. Mm. When you let the ego step to the side, you realise everything is already perfect. Mm. And it's, it's, that's right. That's yeah. so beautiful when you come into the awareness and like, oh, it's raining today. I want to go to the beach. But that doesn't matter. The ego is not getting what it wanted. Yes. But it's raining and it's perfect because nature's doing it. Yes, that's right. And I am a part of nature. Yes, sitting back and watching that. That paradox that as soon as you let go of wanting everything to be perfect, you realise it is perfect. Exactly. (laughs) It's all right there. Yeah. But the other one is as as humans, we have these egos that are like 
it's like a we're like a black hole. It's insatiable. If I give you a million dollars, your ego, I want two million dollars. It'll be it'll be it'll, it'll be, be happy for a week way. or two. Yeah. You know, if yeah. it buys a new car, then all of a sudden it starts looking around. No, what's, what's the latest car? I want the latest car. Yes. So, and those egos get us into the ego keeps getting hurt. You know, and so all of a sudden hurt people start hurting people and I'm mm. frustrated because I didn't get what I wanted so mm. I'm gonna attack you because I think you mm. were the reason why I didn't get what I wanted yes yeah. you know, so we have we cause all this conflict and all this destructive energy and relationships and scenarios but on the other hand at the very deepest level of what we are not who we are there's a big difference in what and who we are we're just compassion. We just love. Oh, that's the highest level of consciousness, isn't it? Yeah, we're just yeah. we're at our, our, at our yeah. rawest old self, at the very deepest mm. level. Essence. We are love and compassion. Mm. On the surface level, we're these erratic maniacs. Mm. <laughs> just so completely irrational. Mm. Mm. Have you have you read the book um, The Untethered Soul? No. By what's his name? Name escapes me. Um, Buddhist guy. Hey. Buddhist guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he, but he, and he talks about um, the the voice inside our head, and he says, "When you, because I said who we are and what we are, the ego identifies as who we are, mm. but what we are is just conscious awareness that everything exists. Mm. Mm. That's that's what we are. Yes." And so when we operate from that and we start understanding we are not our thoughts and we are not our feelings mm. and we don't have to act impulsively on our thoughts or our feelings, mm. um, we're in a position just to observe it. Mm. And so in this book, The Untethered Soul, is saying if you just spend a couple of hours listening to that voice in your head, <laughs> don't, 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 don't follow it, but, but just listen to it. You realise you live it. It's, it's your housemate. You mm. realise you're living with the maniac. Mm. This thing it's is true. so irrational. Yes. So, you're fucking in here. I can't believe it. No, <laughs> that kid if his mum wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. You're living with a psychopath. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so it's so <laughs> important to do this work. Yes. To, to step out of operating yeah, as that right. voice wants you to. Contain it. Yeah. yeah keep, keep, keep it contained and tamed. Yeah. Well, yeah, <clears> but, <throat> but work with it, not against it. Yeah, you know, agreed. You don't want to suppress it because then it's going to just cause spillage elsewhere. Yes. We just want to learn how to reduce it yes shrink it down yes yeah let's look at the traditional Aussie male let's look at um, Davo hey Davo, Davo yeah, yeah Rob Raza um, <clears throat> like taming it would be a few beers at the end of the day and then sort of feeling good for a while but then feeling shit ass and then going into this state of um, uh, self denial self criticism all that well that's not even taming the ego that's, that's taming the emotions that the ego has created yes that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not t- yeah. it's not taming the ego taming the ego is 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 buying that new watch that you wanted or mm. you know going to the pokies and mm. you know, it's just it's just that um, yeah we medicate the feelings that the ego creates or mm. we placate the ego just by I'll have, that, I'll have that extra bit of cake. I'll have that extra beer. I'll yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that's going to have a consequence. And, and it's, it's a continual slippery dip, uh, you know, because how, like, I've, I've been pretty lucky. I've been able to sort of develop some um, some resilience, um, you know, and I, don't, I know the consequences of something if I do it, you know. So, mm. 
but oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, or I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have done that, you know, mm. like that can be a, a seesaw for people consistently until they can actually like control the mind to say, okay, no, I'm not doing that, you know, uh, or I'm, I'm not going to the pub tonight because I know I'm going to feel shitouts tomorrow. So, but I'm awareness is still that first step to change. It's mm. just being aware that you're in that habit or you're in that cycle. Yes. Yes. And then being aware, we, we call it a gentle awareness at MindFit because most awareness leads to more destructive. We beat ourselves up. Ah, oh, fucking did that. I shouldn't have done that. And I beat myself up again. Mm-hmm. Where when we have a gentle awareness, without the attachment that we should be perfect, then all of a sudden we've got the parameters that we operate within are much wider and we have room to be human. We have room to have too many beers at the mm, pub yeah, yeah. without a very internally destructive consequence. Yes, we go, yeah. ah, right. But then we, right, because we're not high and we're still present, we can go, what led to that? Ah, oh, that's right. I was doing that, 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 and mm. I was mindless and that. Yes, yeah. So next time I'm going to be very mindful of Aware of it, yeah. 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 Um, this was, that was another thing floating around. It's floated off. <laughs> yeah, but, but what you're saying is is uh, to be able to be conscious of of where the behaviour is coming from, uh, to be able to observe that and then to be able to maybe not so much arrest it but divert it off to something Well, that's like, a self-awareness yeah. and yeah. self-management. That's yeah. the first two steps of EQ. Yes, yeah. Oh, Ram Das. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Yeah. listen to his podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm loving awareness. Being here now. And, yeah. Um, yeah. He said in one of his in one of his discourses on his podcast that uh, of the, all the work that he did, this man got high in every conceivable <laughs> yeah, LSD way, and everything. Yeah, chemically yeah. and non-chemically. Yeah, yeah. And he said all the work that he had done, he still had the same neurosis at the end as he had at the start. At the start, absolutely. But yeah. it was just to much less of a degree. Yes, yeah. And yeah. so when we understand that, then we suddenly go, ah, oh, oh, I'm still going to have my moments. I'm still going to... Mm. Nick is 13 years into doing this work. Mm. And guess what? He still has excess of something. He still yeah. does yeah. something that's yeah. not aligned with looking after himself. Yeah. But what he doesn't do anymore is beat himself up or get mm. triggered by his mm. own actions. Yes. And yeah. go, oh, fuck, and then go and do it again. Yes, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree, <laughs> that's right. You've got a... Um, You've got a, um, like, basically, if you do bugger up, you've actually got a, um, a solution which can help self-regulate that. Well, you own yeah. it first. Yeah. You own yeah. it without any judgment. Yeah. You know, this happened. Yes. The reality is, man went to pub, had too many beers. Yeah. You don't, you don't apply a massive nasty narrative around mm. it. Mm. You know, just the reality is, man had too many beers. Mm. Oh. oh, that's okay. That, no one got hurt no one yes that's right so, yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal it's not aligned with what I wanted to do but uh, I'm not going to kick myself yes while I'm down I'm going to pick myself up and keep moving forward Help move forward that's yeah. right yeah that's, that's really well said yeah yeah, for sure well too many people get stuck you know and we show it on the whiteboard in this destructive mindset and, and it's just this destructive loop that people get running mm. and they go around and around and around and deepen these distorted illusions that they're creating and all of a sudden the world is horrible and horrific and they're a terrible person yes. and partners are an ogre and, yeah. and none of yeah. that is all a fantastical illusion 
Mm. No, no, it's all the imagination is completely out of control. Mm. So when we're training the mind, we're training to stay present. We're training to not run off into the imagination. Yes. Yeah. Or to not go and dwell in the memories of what happened in the past. Mm. Just stay here and the reality of is. Mm. The reality is your wife's grumpy. That doesn't mean she's grumpy at you and your marriage is in trouble and then you're going to go and have 50 beers because mm. yeah. the reality is a woman is grumpy. Yes, yeah. yeah. The reality is your kids aren't doing their homework. Mm. It doesn't mean they're not going to grow up to be a lawyer or they're going to be out on the street or your daughter's going to be on the pole or anything like that. Mm. It's just, mm. yes, she yeah. might end up on the pole or yeah. they might end up in the streets. But yes, yeah. reality is kid can't do his homework. Yes, yeah, and deal with that situation and move on. Yeah, but don't, yeah. but don't paint this doom and gloom picture around it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's but, what can happen. You can get stuck on it. Yeah. An untrained mind, mm. that is its natural tendency mm. is to run off and, and do all those things yeah yeah amazing so yeah. that's why we're trying to help people to do the work mm. and it is doing the work it's, it's is, hard is, yeah. is there any like thing um like, like with regards to your, your 12 weekers like is there anything in there with regards to some some training that that that, that's that's um through that 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 pathway which can help you know balance the hemispheres what i've spoken about and be able to create you know, new neural pathways opening up and those yeah. sorts of things. Um, music, learning an instrument, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I play the drums, you know, but gotta split my body into yeah, that's quadrants, right. yeah, yeah, uh, one yeah. quadrant's doing something completely different to the other quadrant. Yes, there's a lot of research about um, uh, Alzheimer's disease, um, and the more neurological pathways a person has, mm-hmm. you know, this this illness attacks the brain. Mm. But the more brain we have, the the less affected we'll get. Yes, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, use it or lose it sort of mentality. Yeah. So, anything new, anything. So we get clients to juggle, mm-hmm. you know, and teach them how to juggle as a meditative exercise mm, because mm. it brings all their irrationalities to the surface mm. oh, i should be amazing at juggling yes why how, how much have <laughs> you practiced before yeah. that's my first time but i should be amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right i don't see the logic in that but <laughs> yeah. once they get it you can see the neurological pathways being created mm, mm, like, oh mm. it's amazing yes yeah something something's opened up but what we're really training them to do and we can you know, in the future we'll probably look more into Balancing hemispheres, mm. more focus on that. But essentially, what we're doing is training the brain, as I said, to, to release the right amount of the right chemical in the right situation. Mm. So to, mm. to not get overactive, to not. So a lot of the training is in, in meditation and mindfulness. Mm. It's just stopping and observing, and you know, especially in vipassana meditation, where you yeah. sit in stillness, down. creates yeah. a lot of stimulus the body the body starts sending messages to the brain hey this fucking hurts move it <laughs> yeah and we sit in the awareness that we are not our thoughts and we're not our feelings so we're all suddenly in a position where we go uh request denied mm. uh, this is impermanent what you what the body's experiencing mm. is impermanent it's going to go away mm. but it's going to build up some tolerance and resilience mm. and, and surrender to it yes because sometimes pleasant things happen sometimes pleasant things don't happen. Yes. Unpleasant things happen. Yeah, I would have managed them. So if we only want the pleasant things and deeply fear the unpleasant, 
we're in no position to look after ourselves again. Mm. So that's what we're really training the brain on doing, um, mm. is, is getting people in a position where they can want to go to the beach. If it starts raining, they don't go, fucking weather, I can't believe the weather. It's <laughs> the most irrational sound. I can't yeah. believe it's raining. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's not their logic of rational mind, that's their mm. ego. Mm. Saying, mm. I can't believe it's raining, I'm not mm. getting what I want. The conditions are always perfect. I love Billy Connolly <laughs> saying, yeah, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing decisions. Pretty much, yeah, that's right, yeah. And what's suiting, suiting your, um, your ego rather than actually like going with the conditions and working with yeah, it? Well, yeah, well, you can feed your soul instead of your ego. So mm-hmm. if your plans are to go, you know, there's, a, there's a difference between a goal and an expectation. And so many people have expectations. Mm. And expectations create this black and white, which is a distortion sort of thinking. And succeed or fail, or good or bad, or right or wrong. Mm. And it really blocks people and gets them stuck. So the difference between a goal and an expectation is just the absence or the presence of an attachment. Mm. If I'm attached to the desired outcome of going to the beach and it rains, then it's all fucked. Or then, you know, rah, 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 <laughs> I'm going to go into some form of unnecessary suffering. Of course. Whereas yeah. the goal is to go to the beach today and it rains. I don't have an attachment, I'm more flexible. I can go, all right, well, looks like we're going to the movies. Yeah, and we can still construct a really wonderful day. Something, yeah. Where yeah. people in the expectations and the attachments, oh, it's fucked, oh, I'll just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're going to have a destructive day. Yes, that's right, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, yeah, it flows on. Yeah, yeah, it flows on. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. So you start getting reactive, how, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. Mm. So if we're repeatedly getting triggered into that destructive thinking, mm. at the end of the day, you're going to get into bed feeling a two out of ten, mm. where the exact same things could have happened, the exact events could have happened throughout the same day, mm. and you could have let go and adapted and overcome or whatever, yes. and you'd get into bed feeling an eight out of ten. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all how how you turn up yeah and then the way you you turn left or right when it comes to making a decision yeah but a lot of people don't have the choice to turn left or right because they're triggered yes because they're attached turn that other way yeah yeah, yeah. But, but what you what you're saying and what you're doing is actually being able to sort of okay helping someone that's at that stage to just start to take little steps towards taking a turn left instead of right and then being able to, you know, consciously see where they're at when they're in those um, phases of, you know, making a choice to be able to take one that's more helpful rather than destructive as exactly. well. Yeah. To start listening to that voice in your head, the psychopath, yeah. and yeah. just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> imagine if I acted on all of yeah. this. Wow, yeah, that's interesting right. day. Yes, yeah. So to start listening, to create that self-awareness. Mm. And then when you feel the urge, you know, I'm uh, just pulling into the bottle shop or pulling into KFC or Macca's or whatever. Mm. That's just a thought. You don't yes. have to act on that thought. Yes. So yes. being in a position where you hear that thought mm. and go, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look after myself. That's not... Uh, everything comes down to it's math. It's, it's all yeah. an equation. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's about this doesn't... This plus this doesn't equal that. Mm, so, mm. okay, I feel the urge to turn into Maccas, but you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep driving. Mm. I had a little example the other day. I went to get some sushi and a can of drink, and I was hungry. I was, I was sort of was in my lunch break, and I heard that voice in my head going, mm. dude, just start eating the sushi now and just run <laughs> and, get to, and then we'll get to work and we can just chill. And I was like, no, when... 
And he's like, but I'm hungry. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm starving. Yeah. You're not starving. Yes, in yeah. the first world You're not going to die. You're all right. Yeah. So I just, I just laughed at that voice. Yeah. And I got back to work and I sat down and I had a very mindful lunch. Mm. And at the end of it, I was like, see how much better this feels. And then mm. it was like, oh, whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it was, right. it was after... And this is this is what it boils down to. It was after dopamine. Mm. It, wanted, it wanted dopamine. Mm. It's like mm. a it's like a dopamine junkie there. Yes, yes. I just want it now. Give it to me mm. now. Mm. Ding. Mm. Oh, there it is. Yes, yes. But what I had to do was go. No, we're waiting. Mm. We'll have it later. And then at the end of that, my brain released serotonin. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, that was a. So it was mentally and physically because I didn't just scoff it down. Yes. Mentally and physically much better option yes but when your body's calm and relaxed and the food will digest better so totally. being, able, being able to remember that yeah you know say oh, i'm not going to rush this you piss off yeah because i know if i do this now then i'm going to feel shit ass when i get back to work yeah. if i sit there calmly and eat it then my body's prepared for it then it'll digest it better but you can hear the mind's trying to convince you the ego's trying to convince you yeah. you don't have time yeah yeah because yeah. you right. have to be rush. in a rush yeah. you're in a rush yeah. adrenaline cortisol yeah. adrenaline cortisol yeah. That's right. just to get to the dopamine <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, no, we're, not, we're not doing that anymore yes. it's not our jam yeah we're in the serotonin yeah steady yeah that's awesome mate because you know the average person wouldn't have that awareness around that you know you just like you're just not even conscious of where your thoughts are coming from no. So many people find themselves elbow deep in a bucket of ice cream, you know, it's four episodes into the latest Netflix series. Mm. There's been no conscious decision to yeah. that process. <laughs> That's right. And then they go, oh, fuck it, I'm halfway through, I might as well keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I might as well finish the season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the moment where you go, no, this isn't healthy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And yeah. I have to look after myself. Yeah, agree, that's the it. The ego yeah. wants to keep going. Yes. But this is where we call a mental rep. So mm. this is where I do a mental rep strengthen my mind pull myself out of that experience and, and go for go a walk yeah. clear my head yeah. Go yeah. Divert it. just ground myself again yeah it's interesting like remember years ago um <clears throat> i like when i'd leave work i was pretty agitated you know and i'd go to the bottle shop and that too you know on the way home sometimes but yeah. um like an opportunity came up a while back when i'd already been on the journey but I sort of that that came up and I thought, no, I'm going to go and do some yin yoga. So I did that. Mm. Within 15 minutes, I was back to this like neutral state yep. again. So so to take the ego's option um, or the old way of thinking, let's say, to just go and have that quick intervention uh, or go home and do something which is probably going to be more beneficial and helpful, then then that moment of cortisol spike is is reduced when you come back to that sort of alignment and open up your hips again, as I mentioned and. If you can do that and release that tension and stress, it's amazing how we can self-regulate again. And, and yeah. it's changing states, though, is what you're really doing. You're proactively changing your state. And now a lot mm. of people, you know, and a lot of the stats and everything, which are, I don't necessarily agree with, um, we don't have anxiety. Mm. We enter states of anxiety. Yes. We don't have depression. Yes. We enter have a states. state of depression. Yes, we're not, like, all the time stuck in it. Yeah. No, not yeah. at all. So if we've been at work all day and we've been going and going and going, we're going to reach KPIs and targets and make money, da, 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 mm. da, then you're going to be, as a byproduct of how you operate throughout that day, in a heightened state. Mm. Now, if you just go straight from work to home 
and you've still got your work hat on, you're still thinking numbers yeah, and course. budgets and figures yeah, and yeah. da da da. Can't sleep. And then your, your kids are like, oh, hi, daddy, oh, hi, mummy, how are you? And bang. You're not present, you're no, not there for them. So yeah. all of a sudden, they're going to be a source of agitation because yep. you're still in your work brain. 100%. So a big tool that we give clients is just to find somewhere between work and home to take their work hat off and put their home mm, hat on. Mm. And just, you know, if it's an oval, just walk 400 metres yeah, around the oval. And <laughs> stop and touch the grass. Yes, or, yeah. or just go and sit by a stream for a minute or you know, go and do something to ground yourself. Mm, that's right, yeah. Just yeah. for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then by the time you walk in the door, you'll be present, Different conscious, person. calm. Yeah. You'll be looking forward to seeing your kids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Come and you'll Say hi to the kids and pat the mm. dog and kiss the wife. Come back through the gears. The other version, yeah. you come home, yell at the kids, kick the dog yeah. and all the wife. And, That's right. That and wonder why, why my marriage is failing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why my kids yeah. hate me. Yep. Why Dead my dog right. bites me. Yeah. So de-escalating, you mm. know. I always say the gears, what, are you in sixth gear, fifth gear, fourth gear? Well, let's get you back to one or two on neutral and then you can be okay. Yeah. Walk out of here and into the heart again, possibly, you know. And so... Oh, talking about gears, you know, we need to warm ourselves up in the day. So mm. people snooze, 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 yes. snooze, when the alarm's going off, get up, coffee, yeah. adrenaline, Stim- cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, Matt. And use, yeah, yeah. training someone <clears throat> to not press snooze because it actually is very unhealthy. Mm. And just getting up and sitting for 15 minutes just to... Mm get your consciousness going and then just do some yin yoga for 15 yeah. minutes just yeah. to get the body moving and yes. flowing and yes feeling in yeah, and then yeah. go and fuel it if, the, if, you, if you're hungry if you're not hungry you don't have to you know no, tune right. in and listen yes, to the body yeah see what you need of the day yep. yeah, yeah and then all of a sudden you're mindfully uh, uh, we call it meeting the day mm. you, you, you're meeting the day head on you're not just falling into the day mm. and into the rat race and into the human race we're not in a race yes stop, exactly stop that's right race. yes yeah that's you know, true there's no race yes yes shock yeah. to everyone's system yes yeah yeah it's just meet the day oh, oh, i've got a i had a match from many years ago because I, I was falling into the day and so i had this daily mantra um which hung around for about three months until it became ingrained and I absorbed it and didn't need to do it consciously anymore. But it was, I wonder what today's going to bring. Mm. And so I'd wake up and I'd just be like, I wonder what today's going to bring. And instantly that just opened me up. Mm. Uh, it opened my mind up, it opened my heart up, it opened everything mm. up. And I wonder what's going And whatever's going to happen is what needs to happen. Yes. And yeah. some of it's going to be pleasant some of it may be unpleasant yes and then everything in between yeah but i'm just gonna just gonna meet it all with a curiosity yeah, and yeah. that's it nick you're a fucking idiot <laughs> wow how interesting <laughs> wow, this yeah. isn't about me this is about that person yeah so i don't need to take that person yes yeah so just having that capacity yeah oh mate and we realize that the universe is trying to work for you then rather than against you like having that mindset too like walk into it and just see what, what what's coming like we're just so we've got this mask and armor on haven't we you know primarily but if you can let go of that and just like surrender to what's going on it's amazing what what appears and what happens people people put those walls up and those arm the armor on because 
Our physical body, you know, if we touch the stove and it's hot, we react. Mm. And we go, oh, that's dangerous. We're under threat. Yeah. But the, the physical body is very fragile. Mm. The, the, the mind is so strong. It, 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 it's only harmed if it believes it has been harmed. Mm. We're only hurt if we believe we have been hurt. Mm. Five people could experience um, uh, being attacked and they'll all have a very different emotional response to mm. that experience. Some mm. may have PTSD and be in deep trauma for many years and be mm. deeply affected. Others may be going, oh, fucking idiots, what were they doing? <laughs> and it's like water off a duck's back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our minds are very strong. And if we can train them once again to to not take things personally, to, to not make it all about their ego, this mm. didn't happen to me. Mm. This just happened. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was an experience. Mm. Yeah, so my experience in the army didn't happen to me. A, a, a past or a former version of me experienced mm. that mm. or had that experience. Mm. Um, and he took it personally because he didn't know what any, to do. Any different, me. yes, yeah. But I've done the work around it, so now if I was to see those guys again, I'd be like, wow. Mm. Um, I wouldn't get triggered. I wouldn't get heartened. Mm. I had to do so. I had to do work on that level to to forgive and you know, compassion, and empathy. But then I had to do work around the fact that that moment still changed me. Mm. Uh, I wasn't still in trauma or affected by it on that level, but it's, it it did still alter me. Mm. And and it's like a sapling tree having someone carve their initials into it that sapling is going to grow into a big tree but it's still going to have those initials carved into it mm, so mm, i had to reconcile that yeah that was a forging experience mm, mm, yeah yeah interesting so so just elaborate a bit more on that we're going to run out of time too so so when you say forging you mean like it was just an opportunity to to yeah stamp something that's uh, that's actually given you uh, that experience and then it, it, it altered mm, that was a life changing a life altering experience yeah um, so it, it forged a different version of Nick a different Nick came out of that it wasn't a healthy version of Nick that initially came out of it but mm. thankfully you know whatever I have within me came to the rescue and, and mm. found the value in that. So it's, it's a very, it was a character revealing experience and then it was a character defining experience. Mm. It didn't define, I didn't define my character in a good way mm. until many years later when I found the value in that experience and became stronger and a better person of having been through that experience. Mm. So, mm. um, you know, it's, it's like when you jump by eight dudes, you, you feel so powerless, yeah? And these are, these are your brothers in arms. These are, these mm. are people who yesterday you thought liked you. And they, mm. they, it wasn't about me. It was yes. just how bored and there was yes. an opportunity. Yeah. So they thought it was fun, mm. you know? Uh, but I still remember the moment where my, my trust broke mm. and all of a sudden... Uh, when I had to give up 
and stop fighting because it was useless and futile, that's where um, a part of me broke. Mm. Yeah, mm. And, and that's where I had to go back in many years later, find that part. Yeah, that's right. Put it. I didn't put it back together because I had to reconstruct a better part. Yes, that's right. But you, 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 your ability to be able to observe that time of your life with a little bit more awareness and compassion rather than at the time you know you're much more prepared to to, to manage that um mm. later but to have to have, live through that experience to be able to come to that awareness later on has been a platform for, for totally. growth yeah. I, I, that version of me had done no mental training yeah and that's right so yes. he, he didn't yeah. have the tools yeah. to self-manage and self-regulate through that experience yes to come out of it um less affected than, than what he did. Mm. Now, many years later, if I was to go through the same experience, I would, it would be a very different mm. outcome. Yeah, of course, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd, still, I'd still be affected because, um, you know, it's still compromising on many levels, mm. but I, I would recover a lot quicker. Yes, so, so what you're doing now, it's more around giving people those tools and skills and options like like the the Nick back then, um, you know, someone at that age, like you, you're able to pull someone in at you know, 20, 21, 25, 55, 75, doesn't matter, you know. It's never, I, I, yeah. I found it difficult when I first started this because all of my, I don't have positive and negative experiences anymore. They're all just experiences. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. for people to understand it, I'll use that language. So I, those negative experiences create a lot of positive outcomes mm. yeah and so when i started doing this work i thought oh hang on if i help people to not be affected am i gonna are they gonna be devoted because they're not gonna learn through mm. these experiences mm. and then i kicked my ego out and realized i'm not that powerful i can't stop people getting fired or getting mm. divorced or yeah. being jumped in the street by robbers or whatever yes so you know first noble truth to live is to suffer but what i can do is teach them to not create unnecessary suffering mm, mm. so that's in a nutshell what we're really doing is teaching people not to not to create unnecessary suffering which mm. is anger which is disproportionate yes anxiety which is disproportionate yes sadness which is disproportionate yes. or guilt which is disproportionate mm, mm, mm. So that's a good point. Not not create it. So so to not. Well, we're, yeah. we're gonna we we need to feel angry and sad and guilty yeah. and um, uh, anxious in certain times in our lives. Mm. But ninety five percent of feeling those things is disproportionate. Yes, it's, it's unnecessary. Suffering. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So just. And it's like leaking fuel. It's it's a spending energy. Like the amount of energy required to be anxious. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. through the roof. Yeah, that's right. So all yes. of a sudden, people get uh, yeah, their operating system, their mind starts operating, and it's mm. not creating all this unnecessary suffering. Mm. It can recover faster from the necessary suffering, and then it can put the person in a position where they can look after those around them. Mm, 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 and mm. to me, it just makes sense to do oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, mate. Look, look, it's 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 simple, but it's we've made it hard. You know. I love the expression. Yeah. It's simple to be happy, but it's difficult to be simple. <laughs> it's true. 
and not keep your wheels spinning and not getting anywhere. Yeah. 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 That, that's really what anxiety possibly is. You're spinning your wheels really quick. It's the imagination yeah. running off and having itself a good old time. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, you know, the old adage that idle hands do the devil's work. You know, yeah. bored kids will go and do graffiti yeah, yeah. and break shit. Yeah. An idle mind will do the devil's work as well. Yeah, and that's And that's creating true. that unnecessary suffering. Yeah, yeah, well said. Well, well certainly... Keeping your mind fit is very important for a human. Yeah. So to be able to engage with you, if someone's listening to this, to be able to work towards that yeah. can be a good investment because that'll help them over 12 weeks, 20, uh, 12 weeks, 12 months, yeah. whatever it may be, to be able to get the tools so they can become uh, autonomous with their own well-being. And that, that's, I believe, you know, better than, than any self-help book you can read because you're actually doing the work. Yeah, and, and you use the word investment there and I'm not here to pitch or sell yeah. or anything, but yeah. if, if a person sees themselves as something worth investing in, they're mm. gonna go a long way. If they see these kind of things as expenses, mm. then that's just, they're not gonna yes. get Yes, yeah, together. agree, that's right, yeah, absolutely, everything, Everything that you, you do financially has got to be something that which can complement your growth. Yeah, totally. you know, would that be something material or um, you know something um, which is which is learned? You know, yeah. um, we're going to go and have a beer and a pizza after this. Yeah. But that's an investment. That's yeah. a social yes. interaction. Yeah. It's yeah. healthy. It's balanced. We're not going yeah. to beat ourselves up for it. So. No. How can people get hold of you, mate? Uh, walk up to me in the street and just grab me. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mindfit, <laughs> M-Y-N-D-F-I-T dot com dot au. Um, hello at mindfit dot com dot au is the email address. Social yeah, media is yeah. at Mindfit Program. Uh, yeah. We've got the Woke Blokes podcast that you're going to yeah, be a guest yeah. on soon. Good, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The Woke Bloke, okay. Woke Blokes. Awesome. Yeah, Woke Blokes. Yeah. Where'd that name come from? We were just taking the piss, really. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were going to come up with the name for a podcast, Ryan and I, and we're like, yeah. oh, woke as fuck. Yeah, let's be woke blokes. Yes, yeah. Because there was this movement a couple of years ago where everyone was trying to be woke. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We were sort of taking the, the mickey out of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually become quite fitting. So. Oh, mate, I think it's awesome. And MindFit is an excellent um, like brand, um, you know, with the, with the MY. So yeah, my, my and, uh, Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes, it's, it's individual. And we are all unique. And, you know, we've gone through lots of systems which are uh, not one size fits all, you know, quite possibly. So being able to tap into your own unique personality and mm. your own, you know, skills and wisdoms and that everything which is inside you is yeah really available there for us the sense of peace that comes with letting go and just letting everything be as it is yeah is something i wish every human gets to experience uh, yeah absolutely agree yeah yeah, yeah. it'd just be nice to be like that all the time just is but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so thank you so much man for for doing what you've done and and as i said before just being you and being on your path and appreciate it yeah honored to have crossed paths and can't wait to see what we can do in the future awesome mate